0: Hi everyone, this is Beervana 2015 Part 2. The second part of our Bear interviews, this one features two interviews. Uh, the first is with Martin Townsend from Townsend Brewing in New Zealand's Upper South Island. Currently he's the champion brewer of New Zealand and he's recently entered the Australian market through Experience IT. As well as locally, uh, he's recently p- penned a deal with Tuatara, who will be contract brewing some of his beer's for the New Zealand market, as well as beers that will be getting shipped over, so we get we'll get them nice and fresh when they arrive here in Australia. Uh, we discuss all that and just how his one man operation ended up being seen as the the best brewery in New Zealand. The second interview is with Jacob Leonard from Breakside Brewery in Portland. Jacob was in Wellington as part of the Portland, Oregon contingent organized by David Cryer of uh, Cryer Malt. David's helped build a relationship between the Wellington and Portland brewing communities that's seen a number of brewers from both places visit and brew with each other over the last couple of years. Before we get into it all, I should also add there was another interview with the two other brewers out from Oregon for the festival. They were Darren Welch from Pelican Pub and Jacob Brown from Barley Browns. Unfortunately, that didn't turn out as well as I would have liked uh, completely a fault of my own no fault of theirs but I, I will say I really enjoyed chatting to them and the beers that I tried and I don't know maybe one day I'll get over there and uh, chat to them on their own on their home turf and maybe redeem myself from the uh, the issues as usual music from Toe Haida. thanks to Toe Hider again for letting us use the music uh, please like us on Facebook if you haven't already rate us on iTunes both of those would be very helpful Find me on Twitter at all of a Time. Dave will be back next time, so get him at Melb Dave. Uh, and also thanks to Emma Bemrose, the editor of this one. You can get her at Emma underscore Bemrose on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and I hope you enjoy it. um welcome to Beavana, everyone.
1: Uh, I'm sitting here with Martin from Townsend Brewing. Martin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. And it's a, for, it's a silent H, so it's just Townsend. Townsend. I don't know why oh. it's got H in there. Okay. You know, like Pete Townsend from The Who? It's just Townsend. Right. Yeah. I apologize. Hey, no worries. No worries. <laughs> Do people get that wrong a lot? or am Always. I Good. Okay. <laughs> but it's not really getting it wrong. I guess it's just, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Misinterpreting it, we'll yeah.
0: say. Now, you're, uh, I guess... Some people in Australia would be familiar with with your beers. Some people probably aren't. Can you sort of sum up what you like to brew in a in a quick pithy sentence or a couple
1: of sentences? Um, I, I guess it's just traditional cask conditioned ales is really my thing, being a pom. Yep. And uh, but that said, we've we've got a bit of a reputation of only producing those things, and so we're told by a another brewer joseph from liberty once upon a time come on martin you need to branch out somewhat so he helped me develop a a recipe uh for etero pale ale and then i put down a pilsner and both of them came up trumps and all of a sudden i realized i could put my hand to almost anything and so that's really i just i just stick about a great deal
0: yeah
1: but i was saying to you just a little bit earlier that cars conditioned ales you can't really hide behind anything you know i love the way they're a little bit warmer so you can't hide behind the um the temperature or Lack of it, mm. you can't hide behind it being overly carbonated, yeah. And so, really, uh, I, I think it can highlight the brewer's talents or lack of them, regardless of whether you like the style. Yeah, everything is there just on the tongue and I really like that balance of you know, I, I, I just love it really. Great, yeah. What do you
0: like to drink yourself? Is that what you personally like to drink well, as well? Like, you know,
1: when I'm lucky enough to go back home, or if I'm in you know, Christchurch, I'd head straight for the Twisted Hop, if I was in town, I'd go to the where I live, I go straight to the, the free house or the mooch inn because they stock my beers as well as yep. the twisted top, Gilbraiths, Castles. Just but that that's my first port of call. Excuse me, I just had a pickled egg. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't go looking for beers. I I'm 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 out to drink with my friends. Yeah. And I'm really really actually just even over the past 48 hours I've had really neat conversations with people where for me it's about the company. Yeah. It's about it's not about the beer anymore. I'm just yeah. getting a bit over the fact of what are you drinking? What do you think? Oh, it's like bollocks <laughs> now. All I want to be supping away and go, hang on a minute, the fucking glass is empty.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And Because the beer's been so nice, or, or it hasn't detracted from my company at all.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, for a beer like this one we're drinking today at 3.8%, it's just not going to be enough in the glass for a lot of people. Yeah. Alcohol content, there's not enough hops, there's not enough this, there's not enough that. Stuff it. It's about going, having a laugh with someone, isn't it? <laughs> well,
0: that's the, um, I, last time I was in, in Wellington, I was at Little Beer Quarter and was drinking... I can't remember one of your beers, um, I can't remember which one it was at the time, but this, that, that happened basically, I had a pint of it and I turned around and it was gone, yeah. and I thought, How do, when did that happen, I'm going to have yeah. to get another one, and yeah. you know that's definitely, a, um, I think at the moment everyone's rushing out to get big flavours and big bold things, and mm. you know you forget that mm. beer over conversation. They should yeah. join together rather than be about the beer yeah, a lot of time. I guess,
1: you know, beer isn't cheap in New Zealand. You do want value for money, so I guess you probably do. One would be after a slightly high-octane, bigger sort of thing. You know, for the same price you can get this, folks might feel as a bit, I don't know. I I, I just find it to be, uh, you see, growing up we'd go out, and our local brewery is Green King in the UK, yeah. and we'd have two pints of Abba at five, 5%, five and then you drop down to the... IPA which was um, 3.7 yep. and spend the rest of the night on that and I'm not talking 20 pints we're just having over a 7 or 8 hour period because we enjoyed the pubs yep. you'd have 5 or 6 pints and it wasn't about really getting completely hammered it was just loosing the jaw muscles just to have a bit of a yarn Yeah, yeah. and that was it and then of course once I understood the concept behind this car scale stuff we'd seen you know, I really like Fuller's London Pride yep. and being in Cambridge which is 45 minutes on a train from London we had some friends and they go hang on you know. The unicorn's got a fresh cask of pride on. That, that's where we'd go. Yeah. And so it did end up. I suppose we were conscious of the quality of the product, but it was only like, well, let's just meet there because we like that product. Yeah. And there's yeah. no point. In it, let's just go for the one that's freshest, best. It was a high turnover beer. Yeah. At 4.2%. Let's get stuck in.
0: And that's kind of quite important with cask ale, mm-hmm. isn't it? Getting the turnover, getting the cask management. And all I, that.
1: I personally, again. What is in the glass is really going to uh, speak volumes for not only the brewer but how the beer is looked after. Yeah, and um, you know there's a lot of recognition uh, uh, in the UK being given to the venues now as regards how they look after that product. Uh, yeah, and, and if it had a cast mask yep. sign on the door or either what's the other one by camera? Yeah, so you knew that. Not only is the brewer worked really hard, they're lucky enough to have a venue that's gonna really do, their, do the beer justice. Yeah. I can remember going, there was a pub in Cambridge called The Wrestlers, and it was bought by a Thai family, and it turned into a Thai restaurant, and we decided to meet there one night for a fee, because the food was supposed to be really good. And I was thinking, ah, oh, the beer's gonna be crap. Fuck, it was the best pint I've had, <laughs> and they, they really knew. Out to look after the beer, and I think it was Master's Pedigree, it was a yummy pint. Yeah, like, e- even to this day, I'm still going to take myself right back to it. It's just like so beautiful, wow. fresh, and um, I was like, I wish I could make beer like that.
0: <laughs> now, Owen, you must be doing all right. You're a New Zealand champion brewer currently, and you've just started getting beers into the Australian market through Experience It. Yep. Um, how did that come about, and how's it going?
1: Well, we... Um we got, we've always been looking for an Australian distributor and we've always struggled for some reason. I, I, I mean, I do think we are quite overlooked in many yeah. regards, but we've never really been able to have the, um, the supply, the pay, you know, but supply and demand have always been completely out of kilter. Yeah. When Experienced IT decided to take us on, they, they, our logistical, uh, where cont- shipping container was leaving with some Tuatara. Yeah. Because they also picked Tuatara up at the same time. And so our you products had to be at Tuatara to meet the c- shipping container and they were leaving from there. So. Uh, We'd obviously been in discussion with Tuatara to, uh, to to meet that deadline. And, and Tuatara actually mentioned, well, why don't you get us to make your beer? We've got the extra capacity. It might be logistically easier. So we thought about that and then took them up on the offer. And then through that, we've developed a really solid relationship with Tuatara. So we can now produce what experienced IT needs when they need it. Yep. But also Tuatara have offered us an olive branch to also start distributing. So there's been a kind of, through through the experience with IT um, relationship we've also developed one with Tuatara we've now just the other week changed our distribution model so Tuatara looking after a great deal of our production as well as distribution so yep. we can now use the Townsend Brewery plant as a pilot plant so I can carry on still dicking around experimenting yep. so um, I'm in a very very lucky position to, to, to have been honoured to have done a right at the awards by really just having a laugh <laughs> and playing around a great deal and it's great that I like to think I can put my hand to a few different things, and people really like them. But it's been a slow progression. We're not we are not an overnight success, but yep. that's okay because I'm a one-man operation. It puts, puts food on the table. Yeah. And you're happy doing it? I, I love what I do, mate. And I, my brewery's 30 metres from where I sleep, so I can get up at three o'clock in the morning to check a ferment if I want to. Um, and uh, you know, my son and wife are always there. And um, I, you know, but it's great now that Tuatara are helping out. So I can continue my lifestyle of just playing around. Great. Yeah. And so I guess a lot of people in Australia probably
0: wouldn't know geographically where you are. So you're at the top of the South Island. Yeah, um, so top
1: of the South Island, um, about 35 minutes from Nelson, or about 20 minutes inland from Morawika. Yeah. So we are just like we have a little sort of 15 acres. Yeah. And so I've got a my own cattle. And so they eat the leftovers of the brewery. We just pull in a couple of troughs, pour right. out the spent mash, pull them out to the paddock. And um, you know we're lucky that we're in the hop-growing region of New Zealand. Yeah. Um, so uh, the local hop board is about a fifteen-minute drive away, so we get you know our hops straight from there. It's, 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 and I think that our closest hop garden is um, two minutes as the crow flies. Right. But of course, we're not allowed to buy direct from the from the hop growers. You have to go to the hop board. That's just the way it's controlled. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's fine. It's nice to know that the hops I'm using could have been grown just up the road. You know. Definitely. Yeah.
0: And I, yeah, for people that don't know that, that part of the world, it's such a beautiful part of the world. I, mm. I always love going up um, yeah, around there and spending yeah, time.
1: We're incredibly lucky, we've got a mountain range either side, so it actually keeps the shit weather out. Yeah. So we get a, a massive sunshine hours, but of course if the weather does come in, it can hang out there for a couple of three days. But yeah. that's alright, because it's not like in, in the UK where it's permanently grey, our greyness only lasts a couple of days and the sun's out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're spoilt. So how long have you lived in New Zealand? Oh, on and off since 93 when I first came here, but permanently since 2001. This is home now, yeah I'm just so lucky mate.
0: I know a couple of bars in uh, around Wellington support your beers and a
1: little beer court I always try and have a, one of your beers on. Um, is Wellington probably the biggest market for you? Or? There does seem to be a great craft beer following in Wellington for sure. Yeah, I'm lucky that I've got the Free House and the Mootry Inn just on my doorstep, they both yep. have cellars that can look after car scales. Yep. And they've always supported me, so they're, they're, they're on my doorstep almost. Um, for a long time, you couldn't actually get a proper pint of cast-conditioned ale in Wellington, even yeah. though they considered it to be the craft beer capital. Yeah. But um, I don't want to, you know, go on about that. <laughs> but I think they, a couple, there are a couple of bars now that can look after that. So, um, yeah, they, a lot of beer is sold here for sure. There's a lot of very supportive outlets. It's a yep. great place to be. Hence the fact Beer Varna is here, you know, that's yeah. where it's at. Yep. It's a central, central location for the whole of the country to descend on. Mm. Yeah, it's primo.
0: Whole of the country and, and a lot of Australian beer geeks as well. There's a few of us over
1: here. Yeah, and I think there's even. Is there a couple of? Um, a couple of Australian breweries here as is well. Yeah,
0: Mount and Go to here, Stone and Wood, Little Creatures. Yeah. Um, a few yeah. other smaller ones, so it's definitely a, a presence. And um, you also do some experimental beers. Your Flanders
1: Stout. Oh, uh, the Flemish Stout. Flemish Stout, sorry. Flanders Red. Flanders yeah. Red. Um, yeah. And are they just you playing around with barrels and... Yeah, pretty much. And again, because I used to have a T-shirt that used to say every batch of vintage, you know, because consistency was my enemy for a long period of time. But yeah, um, yeah, they they, they are... So we'll try and produce them once a year, but only incredibly small volumes. Yeah. And because they're blended, um, they are what they are. I don't really try to be consistent. Yeah. I just try to allow um, the terroir. Great. To to have a play, you know. uh, They they are what they are. They are a vintage, you know. At the end of the day, you are... a farmhouse brewery
0: right so terroir plays a big part of
1: yeah i guess so but that. we initially wanted to be a cidery so we do have our own small cider orchard with 28 varieties from spain france and england yep but of course uh, because they were we could only produce a vintage we could there's never going to put, put food on the table yeah yeah but the beer uh, quite early on took over but we still cider is really you know a serious passion of mine yeah and we've just made our first um because of the billy bees thing yep so I, Guess for listeners, I, I sent you over a few bottles of L.E.B.'s Bees um, recently, and, and I guessing you enjoyed them. Well, we uh, first got put onto that beer by Stu McKinley from DC Boys, who turned yeah. out to be a great mate and just an all-round supportive bloke. Yeah. Got anything, all things craft brewing, and he got me into that beer, and I was yeah. just simply blown away by it. I just thought it was delectable. He yeah. always wanted to emulate it in some way, shape, or form, and I guess there you know a certain element of copying, but yeah. I don't know how I don't know how he does it. I don't so know anyone just, does. It's yeah, so a... I just went off and I, I pulled back some juice from my orchard that was destined for cider. And ended up adding it to the kettle and blend made this thing and then i didn't really know what to do with it it was pretty freaky so i dumped it into my old flanders red casks for 18 months pulled it back out made a similar malt based beer to blend it with and that's now sitting in a tank and it's due for bottling next week. Right. And it's it's nothing like what I ever thought it was going to be. It's probably a little bit too much Melalactics happened. I probably left it in the oak a little bit too long, but yeah, oh, it's got that beautiful pie cherry sound. I I love it. And it's going to be a random one-off beer, and we're going to put it out. I think as a if the Yeasty Boys are happy with it, we might put it out as collaboration because I got the I got the inspiration from those boys. They're just they they're neat characters. Yeah, great.
0: Welcome back after a short break, and we've just refreshed our beer with a Hallertau Primal Descent, it's called um, a bready sour barrel something. Um, it's quite sour, isn't
1: it? Absolutely. Yeah, but it's really neat. Yeah. It's really neat. It's um, the first sip was a bit of a face cruncher, mm. but now I'm into it. Yeah, I um,
0: actually had a glass of it the other night, and I really enjoyed it. It seemed to be, might have been a different temperature, or my palate was. Tasting differently, I don't remember it being the sour, but
1: yeah, now that it's, it's, I'm getting into it, it's uh, yeah. But just as you were just saying before, um, what to match this with? I can remember I've only ever been to one beer and food matching thing. That was with Richard Emerson. Oh, he's yeah. Lucky enough to go along to one once, and I had my first ever oyster with his pilsner. Right. And um, I thought the oysters tasted like salty snot, yes. but with a mouthful of his beer, <laughs> and it went down a treat.
0: It does sound like it'll be a pretty pretty delicious match. And, his beer, his Pilsner, for example, is, is such a, a delicious beer, so. Sure, yeah. Um, I always get the sense, and, and you've kind of touched on it a couple of times so far, of the sense of community in, in New Zealand Brewing, you know, Tuatara, you kind of have a relationship with them, Talk about the Yeastie boys who, you know, I think everyone in New Zealand Brewing looks up to and, and, and just loves them as people like they, you know. Or well, looks down
1: to because of the pants that they yes, wear, yes.
0: yeah. <laughs> We're not seeing them today, he's over in the UK. But, yep, uh, yeah. but the rest of the clan are here. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, yeah. Would you agree that, that you know, there's a really strong sense of community in New Zealand brewing? Is that
1: Well we've uh, over the years made, done quite a few collaboration beers which is basically an opportunity to say thanks to folk who have helped us out a great deal. Um, Yeasty Boy Stew has always helped us out enormously, not maybe so directly but just in a really positive spirit yeah. and I like his energy. Yeah, He's a hard case guy and a really good mate. Um, and I've just come across so many people that is in the similar vein, it just are up for. they're just nice. You know? I, yeah. I, what a fantastic industry to be in, I don't know how it is in Australia. Yeah,
0: it's definitely similar. I think New Zealand has that geography that's going on um, where everyone's sort of living in smaller towns but they're quite close together and you know in Australia you've got Perth, you've got Sydney, everyone's yeah. quite disparate. But yeah. in New Zealand it's quite easy to get around and visit everyone.
1: And I, when I first started out, I admittedly made some pretty ropey beer. And I, I, was, I felt greatly out of my league. I just didn't have the, the know-how. And so I was lucky to come across a guy called Graham Mayhew who now works for um, Murray's Brewing in Australia. Oh, yeah. I originally did, then he came to New Zealand. When I bought the Moochery Inn, um, I was the chief beer buyer and I bought some beer off him once because he had another brewing company called Triple um, Six Brewing Company. Oh, I remember yeah. that, yeah. Are they still around? No because uh, um, he's now gone over yeah, back, yeah. gone back to Murray's now and on the bottom of one of his invoices that he invoices for was brewing consultant and I so immediately just because I owned the pub but I was also brewing by day and working in the pub I, I got a hold of him and I met him and he came over to my brewery and over the years he ended up being a really solid friend and was phenomenally supportive right. and he ended up and I used it I still do I bounce ideas off him Here's the first thing he said to me when I first arrived was there's no point in being this, in, in this industry unless you're prepared to do the best possible job you can so I took that on board, and I thought like, every beer I'm gonna, I might make mistakes, but I'm gonna try. Yep. And I've just come across so many other people like it, and I've got had so much help from so many passionate people who really have never asked for anything in return. They only, I think, they've just got right, Go on, Martin, just do your best, do your best. This is mm. try this, try mm. that. And over a period of time, through a process of elimination, I've been able to make some half decent beers. <laughs> and I, and, and now at long last, i have been able to return that favour by going, you know, if I can't answer a question, I know someone who can. You know, I brought up Joseph from Liberty Brewing before. He's helped me out. The Pan and Mike from Panhead, um, Graham May, Stu from Yeaston, there's loads of them. Yeah. Even, you know, Keith Galbraith once upon a time gave me some help. So everybody. God, it's just, it's a neat, neat, positively positive community. <laughs> right.
0: I wish uh, the listeners could see the smile on your face as you say that. Like, uh, you know, it's genuinely... Um and it's the same, you know, whenever you get chatting to New Zealand brewers, it's that.
1: Yeah, I'd, really I'd, say, I'd say it was like, okay, so already I've, I've come, overheard someone saying, God, try this, this is crap. And it's got this in it, and it's, you know, appallingly brutal, whatever. I personally, it's all about going, well, let's, because we've, I've only been able to improve by constructive criticism. And you can't really, it's, it's nothing worse than hearing from someone else going, oh, I mean, don't try that stuff. Yeah. Um, well, you can only improve by, by, by feedback. Yep. and if i've never taken it negatively i was going right i'm just going to prove what is wrong with it how can i correct it and i think every every brewery is the same they surely want to do the best they possibly can it so is. i'm not i don't have a developed palate. i don't, i couldn't tell you what it is i just know whether it's hang on there's not something quite right here I couldn't <laughs> tell, but there are people out there who have and i've sent beers to them going please help me out what's going on mm. then i can work out where my problems are you want a positive outcome don't you Mm. you know you don't want to just be stubborn and go and you're continuously learning and that's the beautiful thing about making beer I'm sure you I love it I love it yeah yeah
0: and it's the great thing about tasting beer as well you know not really I don't brew that much but getting to know different styles and getting to know different flavours and and, you know the the more you taste beer the more you learn about yeah how it comes about Um, and it's so interesting hearing you talk about you know Mike from Panhead or Liberty who are they're known for their Big, bright IPAs that are you know the sort of the, the high IBU, high floral content, which is quite opposite to what you mostly do. Um, but it's great to see that you know, there's still a relationship there. And, and yeah, you know, yeah, it, there's so many. If everyone was brewing the same beers, it'd be a boring. Yeah, boring yeah, yeah. Industry.
1: I just relieve Pom's homesickness, mate. <laughs> That's the bottom line.
0: And uh, uh, do you have a? a group of expats that like your beers? Do you get well, feedback? Well yeah, from?
1: the old house ESB, that yeah. relieves a lot of pomp You know, there's there's quarter of a million um, people in New Zealand at any one time with a British passport. Um, That's a lot of people. Yeah, we want, I, I, I like English style beers as you know, as I said at the start, uh, but, but yeah, there's also the likes of, you know, there's a lot of other guys, there's, you know, um, Three boys make some fantastic kind of fruit. You know, yep. was a guy from Invercargill. Yeah, they make a fantastic fruit base beer. So kind of leave that to them. Yeah, they yeah. just good at. I'm a traditionalist. So there's four ingredients. Yeah, suits me down the ground. And I, I don't. Do, yeah, I'm, you're not going unless it's barrel aged. I'm, I'm not going to put anything in my beer. You know, yep. because there's other guys that are just really good at it, and they know yeah, that. just yeah, Leave yeah. it to them. Definitely. But, yeah, but again, you know, Joseph is good at making big hoppy beers. Leave it to him. Yeah, his uh, Citra is one of the few big yeah.
0: Imperial IPAs that I can Drink any day of the week very happily.
1: Yeah, the guy knows his onions, that's all there is to it.
0: Yeah. Um, I, and also, speaking about sort of expat uh, English people, uh, James Smith and the Crafty Pint um, in Australia, when I was over here last and we're drinking a pint of your beer, it might have been your old house, ESB, I think. And he was just like, this is exactly what I want in a, an English style beer, this reminds me of home. Mm.
1: Um,
0: and I think that's all he was drinking the whole time he was here. Okay, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah definitely hits the right note with those guys. Yeah. 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 Um, now what are we going to expect from the future, you know, you've got some new, a lot more beer coming out, getting out to Australia, what do you, you want to do in the future?
1: What do I want to do in the future? I, I, uh, um, maintain course and speed and have a great time doing it, really. Uh, obviously, it's great to have this two Torus scenario so you can get a lot, much larger volumes out there. I, I don't really have, um, I, I just, just be true to my roots. Mm. And I, I really just like, um, just fucking about, <laughs> you know, putting it in a mash tun. Just coming up with ideas. But you know, there's so many variations on, on one theme that you can do. And there's certainly there's lots of different hops. Yeah, So many variables involved in making beer. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I guess um, just making sure that the quality is as good as I can possibly make it and hope that um, there's people out there that enjoy drinking it. I, I uh, It's a pretty simple philosophy. I yeah, like yeah. to think. I'm not, as I said before, there's breweries out there that are very good at doing things. I'm not in direct competition with any of them. I just I just hope that people will, will might always... Just realise that, you know, oh, there's a Townsend beer, that's a reliable, good pint. You know? That's a really good way to finish. Yeah, that, that, that'll do me, thank you.
0: Welcome back to Biavana, listeners. Um, I'm sitting here with Jacob from Breakside Brewery. Jacob, welcome. Ah, thank you for having me. How's it going so far in, in Wellington and Biavana?
2: It's going very well, like more than I expected. It's uh, it's a beautiful city. The people are very very. What did you expect, then? Uh, I did. I honestly had no idea what to expect. I I'd heard a lot about the the New Zealand beer scene, and uh, we don't get a lot of New Zealand beers over in, uh, in Oregon. So uh, the ones that we have tend to be kind of the larger breweries, uh, Moa yep. and things like that. And I just really didn't know what the beer scene was going to be like. I knew it was a lot of smaller breweries and. Um, just the passion here has just really kind of surprised me. I wasn't, like I said, it shouldn't be, that statement shouldn't mean that I was uh, expecting less. It just, <laughs> I, I've i been overwhelmed with how passionate people are about, about their beer here.
0: I guess on the flip side, you know, when when brewers like yourself come over, um, we don't know a lot about your beers coming over, so we don't know what to expect to taste from, sure. from your beers. Um, and last night, I tasted the two uh, saisons that were one had chili and lychee, lychee fruit. Yep. Yep. And the other one is fennel seed and fresh fennel. Is that correct? Uh,
2: fennel seed and fresh uh, fennel pollen.
0: Okay. What, what is fennel pollen? Just from the the flowers, basically?
2: Um, I don't know if, you, if you've ever seen. If you look at our label on the WeChef, you can kind of see. But the uh, the fennel pollen is the the just little part of the yellow flower that kind of forms at the top of the fennel plant. Yep. Normally we consume the fennel seed, and uh, for the most part, in sausages and things like that. But yep. the uh, the fennel root is also the part that we consume, which is below ground, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the fennel pollen is uh is a really fun thing to work with because it's uh it's it smells and it acts just like fennel but it's uh it's a lot more floral so
0: i imagine that's pretty delicate to work with as well is it
2: yeah it's very delicate and very expensive <laughs> so how did you did you put it in in secondary or how did you yes exactly so we uh we use the toasted fennel seed in the at the end of the boil uh, in the kettle and then we use the fennel pollen and we hydrated it in hot water and then pumped it into the uh, conditioning tank once yep. the beer was finished and then recirculated it for a little bit just to make sure it got kind of constituted and solutionized and then uh, then we finished the beer. And it, it settled out. It, uh, it did add a little bit of a haze to the beer, but it's a farmhouse ale. It can have a little haze, it doesn't bother so us. All part of the fun of a farmhouse yeah, beer, exactly. right? And it's craft beer, you know? It, it doesn't need to be perfect every yeah. time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, both those beers were in conjunction, I believe, with. Chefs uh, in Portland, yes. is that yes, right? Yes,
2: exactly. So we uh, we brew uh, every year. We try to work with some of our favorite chefs in Portland. It's, a, it's an amazing food scene in Portland. And yep. uh, if we go to a restaurant that we really love, and we get to know the chef or the bartender, we try to uh, invite them over to design a recipe with us. Great. Uh, we did the original versions of both of these beers on our pilot system, which is uh, about a tenth of the size of our production system. And then we decided we were really happy with those beers and we scaled them up to uh, the production brewery and packaged them for about two months each. Great. And uh, the response was pretty great on both of them. I think people really uh, want to try some really fun, unique flavors and that's what we were going for.
0: It's something we discussed on our, on our podcast recently was um, people are looking for something a bit more exciting, you know, like in Australia there's a lot of uh, golden ales is the, sure. is the main trend in... People are sort of looking for something a little bit outside of that, and when there's a chili beer or a fennel beer, it, it gives someone a bit of interest. And yeah. how do you find that with, I guess, customers coming in, or, or people that you know that aren't familiar with beer, do you get that feedback?
2: Yeah, we do, I mean, uh, that's, that's uh, part of how we knew that we could, we could take those beers and transition them into a larger production format, is we brew them, critique them, both of those batches took uh, about three batches of, on the small brewery to really perfect and get yeah. to where we wanted. And, and are, they,
0: are they where you want it now?
2: Oh, they're, they're exactly where we want them. Great. Yeah, especially the the personally the Wee Chef I think is just great. I love I love chilies and I love spicy food and I think the uh, the Tropicalia which is the chili and lychee fruit is a beautiful beer. But of the two of them, the Wee Chef is definitely my preference. And I just love fennel. I'm a sucker for fennel and, and anise and um, yeah. I think that it's fun to get people to come in and uh, taste those beers. You know, at our at our production brewery we have twenty four beers on tap. Yeah. We do taster trays. We can come in and try six beers for $9. And we really value the feedback of, of our customers, especially if it's a customer that comes in on a regular basis and wants to try all of the, the fun things. Great.
0: So. And uh, so both those beers are obviously Saison, farmhouse styles. Is that
2: what people would expect from your range going into your, your tambourine? Um, no. I mean, I think, I think we've done a very good job of uh, making sure that people don't expect anything from us. That they they're gonna get anything at any point. Last year we made 104 different beers. The year before we made 101. Yeah. Um, we try to really push the limits. We try to make really fun traditional styles of beer. Yeah. As well as keeping up on our pilsner and our IPA, which are best selling beers. And um, we just like to experiment. And we we like I said before, we have an amazing food scene in Portland. Yeah. And we're really inspired by it. And so we try to. Uh, I mean, nine times out of ten, when the brewmaster and myself are out. With our significant others for dinner, we're texting each other about the dishes that we're eating, trying to talk about how we could use an ingredient in a beer. Yeah. You know, that's that's really a, that's what we're we're just f- kind of flavor um, addicts. You know, if it tastes good, we want to we want to figure out how it can be a beer.
0: Great, great. That's a an interesting way of approaching a beer. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, so,
0: how did you get to be a brewer? How like how did you get to where you are now? And... Uh,
2: yeah, yes. So I've been a brewer for 11 years professionally. Yeah. Uh, I was in college, and um, was studying physics and microbiology and uh, was really fascinated with yeast and bacteria and asked one of my teachers if I could, how I could work with yeast and bacteria. And he said that I could either go into research or be a brewer or winemaker. And research sounded boring. Research sounds terrible (laughs) compared to the (laughs) other two actually. (laughs) And uh, brewing sounded really cool. So I actually worked one season with a winery, had a great time, but realized that I needed a little more variety. I love wine Uh, obviously no disrespect to the wine industry but yeah yeah. i just wanted a little more variety and um so i bought a homebrew kit and then uh my wife saw my passion that i had at that time and decided to uh just get me into brewing school without me really knowing and ever since then it's been just kind of working hard i've worked for four different breweries in portland and uh breakside is home for sure
0: that's great to hear and it's um it's always interesting hearing how people get into brewing Mm -hmm. and and you know the, the science background definitely is a such a good avenue to get into it because absolutely you know yeast you got to keep the yeast
2: happy right yeah well yeah i mean what we're do, what we're doing you know i mean we're working with um hot water steam yep. yeast uh sugar content i mean we're we're basically what brewing is is trying to make a beverage that tastes really good on the yep. fundamental level but it's uh it's physics, chemistry, microbiology. Um, it's fluid dynamics. It's uh, pressure regulation. It's it's all sorts of really kind of cool nerdy things that.
0: And, and then you're saying, you know, like uh, the the art, I guess, of working out flavor combinations. That's not scientific. That's no. the opposite of science. You've got, yeah. I guess, use instinct as well. Yeah, exactly.
2: So you have to uh, you have to want to try new things, but also. Try to figure out how you can use them in a in a system that you try to control as much as possible. But the fact is we're working with live products. I mean, we had no idea how spicy the chilies were going to be in that beer. Yeah. That was quite a spicy beer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I smelt it
0: last night, um, it had a real... Um, I couldn't pick it at first and then I had a taste I'm like, oh, okay, that's chili. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, but I was also interested in how the lychee came through because lychee is a, quite a delicate flavor. Yeah. For the amount of times you hear light she referenced in, um, you know, beer reviews and wine reviews, everyone says, "Oh, I get light she yep. aromas."
2: But if you break open a light you and smell it, it's not—it's very delicate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So that's why we—it's actually a fairly hop-forward beer. It does—it doesn't come through like that because the hops that we chose, we didn't go with bitterness and uh, hop flavor. We went more with uh, late edition and it actually yep. has a little bit of a dry hop in it. Yep. And it's um, Citra, Mosaic, and Galaxy. Australian hop, right? Yeah, and um, we, we picked those hops because they smell very tropical and yeah, very fruity. Yeah. And um, like I Galaxy's said, that's a, good. Like that, that's got that real passion, fruity, mangoy. Exactly. Yeah. And, and we knew that it'd be hard to tra- even. It's even hard to describe the flavor of lychee fruit. Yeah, but well, that's what. Like, it's it's something that I find hilarious is
0: the amount of views I see that talk about lychee, and lychee's a particular one. And I was thinking about it recently, and I I thought. You know where I live in, in Melbourne. There's a big Vietnamese population. Yeah. So lychee's a, a common fruit, like sure. in all the all the markets that I go to. And I think I don't actually know what that smells like. Yeah. I've eaten it hundreds of times. And I bet you
2: so many reviews that I read, they probably never tasted it. Yeah. Yet they're always talking about lychee and yeah. gooseberry, and it's like it's gooseberry. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, the gooseberry one is fun because it's like, is that do you mean kiwi or do you mean actually yeah, gooseberries? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's a uh, it's an interesting fruit. And, I think that I had a really eye-opening uh, experience as far as lychee is concerned is because my wife uh, was studying is, is studying to be a sommelier yeah and when she got through her second course there was a point where she had to study uh, Alsatian uh, Gewurzemeiner yeah right and the classic flavor descriptor for Alsatian Gewurzemeiner is lychee fruit and neither one of us had ever had lychee yeah okay and so we we decided to go buy some lychee fruit and some Alsatian Gewurzemeiner and taste them and drink them together it was a beautiful night yeah yeah it sounds like fun <laughs> yeah it was great but it was really eye-opening, and it, I think that's that's a really interesting thing about uh, tasting beers and wines and producing beers and wines is, is uh, flavor, it's a learned thing. And yep. if you don't have the association of what that flavor is, you're never going to pick up on it. Definitely. It's, definitely. Or you're going to pick up on something that's, that, that other people don't intend. Well, I think one of the
0: interesting things is you quite often see people, they're told that the flavor is in that beer, and then they'll remember yep. that flavor is that flavor. And and they never really understand the the base flavor, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that's why it was so interesting to get a lychee yeah. flavor in the beer that it was actually
2: lychee, because that goes back to the base, yeah, the basic. You know, yeah. um, whereas a lot of people would have never tasted that. Yeah. The power, I mean, the power of, power, of suggestion is huge. Yeah. And and sometimes it's, it's to a fault, you know. So. It, it was part of me that wanted to have that, that wanted to let warn you all that it was a chili beer before you guys had it. Yeah, yeah. And then I realized that it's probably great to better to just let everybody have that and then tell them afterwards after everybody had tried it.
0: That was the um, I think everyone's favorite match last oh, night. Oh, really? Uh, it was delicious. The soufflé um, was delicious. So I guess for listeners, it was a delighty chili beer with a uh, cheese soufflé and a kind of a Waldorf salad that had a mayonnaise, yeah, lemon mayonnaise dressing. And at first, I looked at that and went. I'm not really sure how that's going to work yeah. um, and then when it came out it had that that heat from the chilli gave it a really nice sort of top overtone of yeah. that spice and then the really delicious cheese souffle yeah. and the clean like celery and apple from the yeah. salad and, it the was cellar- and the celery
2: and the apple I think uh, the dressing I thought was really complimentary because it it wasn't very acidic yeah yeah And so the chili could kind of act as like a perceived acid definitely yeah which is really cool and and the souffle was so rich and delicious and i thought that that was a really it was really fun i'm glad to hear that people liked it
0: what it really reminded me of um there's a uk chef called otolenghi Mm -hmm. and um he uses a lot of chili flakes in a lot of his salads and things like that so he uses a lot of fruit he does a sort of middle eastern inspired sure um food a lot of, you know, sultanas or apples or pomegranate, but with that chili flakes yeah. thrown in, and that had that same... Oh, okay, so a bit of a chili yeah. running through the top of it, and so when you combine all that, it had that real um, just marriage of flavors. It was, yeah. it was I'm really you, interesting.
2: I'm, I'm really glad you like it. I think that's one of those where, you know, we didn't want to make the beer too spicy to consume, yeah. but we didn't want you to be searching for the chilies either, you know? Yeah, and I think yeah. that's a real delicate balance with spicy food, spicy beers, you know? It's like, it's finding that where... And everybody's level of uh tolerance for for spice is different so we yeah. didn't want it to overpower people and that was one of the wild cards that we sent to to this festival and to, the, to these events and it's what it was one of my favorite beers that we made this last year because it right. uh because i am such a fan of chilies you know but i thought the composition was really fun and i think that i agree with you the pairing was just if it wasn't the favorite pairing of the night it was definitely kind of the most interesting and fun yeah. pairing of the night
0: I think the whole evening, and it's something I guess I think we've talked about on the podcast before. Is we like interesting things, regardless if it doesn't work. Yeah. As long as it's fun. Yeah. Then I'd much rather you know someone try it out. And yeah, last as long night, as it's memorable. Yeah, definitely. And last <laughs> night the the food pairings were very interesting. Um, we we mentioned it on the previous chat I just had with the other two brewers. Yeah. Um, the olive and anchovy. Yeah. With the cream ale, and to open a beer dinner like
2: that was pretty ballsy. I yeah, thought. Yeah, I thought um, it was too. I got, a lot of people were kind of even even our guys who were there from from oregon were a little kind of yeah, yeah. I, I love anchovies so i I'm do not. too
0: yeah <laughs> and you know most most beer dinners you go to uh, i don't know about um in portland but in in melbourne it's a lot of pork belly yeah you know you can almost predict the menu every time you go you're gonna yeah. get pork belly you might get scallops for an entree yeah and you're gonna get chocolate fondant for your <laughs> dessert with a stout so to get anchovy olive cream ale and then a chili beer with a, a souffle it's just like okay this is uh, something quite different yeah um, and
2: it was yeah I really enjoyed it I thought it was I thought it was great yeah cool. it, was, it was it was really fun and it was a really good it was a really good crew I think everybody we really had a good time so. yeah, yeah.
0: So are you guys sending beers to Wellington at the moment, or is this just kind
2: of a one-off? This was kind of a feeler trip. Yep. I think that we will send, send beers over here. Uh, we like to uh, – Breakside has an interesting business model for, for our export where we like to send beer where we like to travel. Okay. And I definitely plan on coming back to Wellington and New Great. Zealand, so I would love to be able to come back and check in on some, uh, some accounts when they sell our beer. Yeah, yeah, just, I think st- just stop by for research, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So um, – it's beautiful here. Uh, I know that our, our owner has traveled here before, so I'm sure that he would be on board. The beer scene is obviously thriving and doing really yeah. well, and people seem to want to have some more options. Yeah. I mean, they're really supportive of the local beers, but they also seem to really kind of want to bring in some other stuff. And, yeah. and the portland Wellington connection is pretty, pretty obvious. So. It's definitely
0: being built. Um, and uh, I should give a thanks to uh, David Cryer or Cryer Malt that's uh, sort of organized Absolutely, your trip yeah. over. I mean, he's, um,
2: he's, He's shown us an amazing time, and he's the one who brought us over, and he's also the one who put us in, in contact with ter, uh, is ter, ter, ter tua or uh, Tuatara? Tuatara. I yep. said it backwards, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tuatara, and it sounds like we're going to try to work on a brewer's exchange so we oh, might great. trade some brewers for a few yep. months, which sounds pretty fun. So a
0: few brewers have done that, I've noticed, um, sort of around the world. It's starting to become more of a common thing, that collaboration, yep. and it seems to be quite a community. Like yeah. uh, you know, At the end of the day, I'm primarily a drinker, but we just want to taste good beers, and and for you guys, you just want to go and taste good beers, and yeah. so to you know get the opportunity for you to come over here and taste yeah. good beers and have you know work while yeah. you're doing it, it's got to be pretty fun, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that for us, it's not just it's not just a matter of uh, like sharing sharing the uh, kind of knowledge and the, and what we want. I mean, there's a real focus on from crappers right now to really try to break into the, and take as much of the marketplace as we can. You know, yeah. I mean, there's a, the fact is, at risk of sounding a little too kind of militant about it, but the fact is the big breweries have been running the show for way too long. Yeah. And now there's people who are making beers that people really want to drink, and yeah. they're changing people's minds. And so the entire world should get, to, should get behind that and really try to support each other. And whether you're brewing a beer in New Zealand or Portland, Oregon, or the, you know or somewhere in England, if you make craft beer, you're, you're a friend, you're a colleague, your brother, and it's all us against them. Yeah, you know, yeah, I think that's a big thing.
0: I think for me, it's more um, knowing the people that are making the beer are doing it to make it a good beer for me, yeah. rather than making it, doing it to make money. And yeah, you, know, you kind of understand that. Yeah, people are going to make money, and oh yeah, we want to. Well, I
2: mean, we want to run a successful business, but at the same, at the end of the day, you, we still get to make beers that have chili and lychee fruit in them. Yeah, you know, yeah, You're yeah. not going to run an entire business on beers and, like <laughs> that, you know. So you find your balance and you find your inspiration, and that's that's what craft beer is all about. And I think that the the industry needs to shift to small business, and that's what coming over here and seeing that it's shifting that way' uh, a little bit a little bit slower than what we've experienced in the in the states, but it's also a much younger industry over yeah, here yeah, so it's that's
0: definitely a few years behind and I think in australia um, it's still a few years behind still as well and a, a, It's definitely catching up and it's exciting to see some of the the breweries happening in in Melbourne and the wider Australia now And some of the US breweries coming over so I don't know if if you've ever been to Melbourne But you know stop on by because it's an exciting place to go to
2: anything else you want to add before we uh, wrap this up I mean this has been an amazing trip uh, I fly out tomorrow I'm going to miss the second session and I'm going oh, to fly bummed. out early morning uh, I, I, I'll have the early the afternoon session yep but then I fly out in the uh, in the evening like okay. first thing so I got to swing by uh, Fork and Brewer uh, I want to thank him Kelly over at Fork and yep. Brewer for, for hosting me and brewing collaboration beer together and
0: I really like his beers yeah uh, I'm a huge fan of Kelly um I was there the other night and he's got you know a massive tap list yeah and I end up drinking his Pilsner pretty yeah. much all night because it's yeah. so well made. It's so good, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, that's funny because the first beer that I had when I when I was there brewing with him was his Hellas. And he would, he just shook his head and he was like, you're such a brewer, you know, <laughs> like to go for his Hellas. But yeah, yeah, if you like it, we brewed a version of our India Golden Ale, which we have on tap here. Oh, great. But we brewed it with all uh, Kiwi ingredients. So you should uh You'll be able to try it, and you can report back to me if, if you get if you get. So chance. that's on on here today. We have the IGA, the India Golden Ale here. That's our version. Yep. And then we brewed on Tuesday, uh, the version at his brewery. So. Great. It's been a great. I mean, David cryer and Stephanie who just sat down, and uh, and Kelly, everybody's been so welcoming and, and open. It's it's just an ex- really exciting scene. It feels like everything's about to blow up over here, which is really really great. So. Excellent. Yeah, I think
0: that's probably a pretty good way to, to wrap up. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, um, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your stay. And uh, maybe we'll see you in Melbourne or yeah. Australia sometime. Maybe so we'll see you in Portland. I'd <laughs> love to. I'd love to come <laughs> over soon. All right. <laughs> thank Cheers. you.